Please be seated. As you would see from the intimations, the decision has been made to cancel the barbecue planned for after worship this morning. But there will be tea and coffee served in the large hall. It has also been decided to delay our harvest thanksgiving service from next Sunday to Sunday the 2nd of October. The collections for women's aid and the food bank will take place on that Sunday. The Kirk Session is called to meet on Tuesday the 20th of September at 7.30pm in the Outreach Centre. If this date requires to be changed, elders will be notified directly and the new date intimated next Sunday. All items for inclusion in the next edition of St George's Magazine, News from the Pews, should be with the editor, Irene Gemmell, as soon as possible and no later than next Sunday. You will be aware that as you came into church today, there was the opportunity to give to the Disasters Emergency Committee's Pakistan flood appeal. And we are planning a Macmillan coffee morning on Saturday, the 24th of September at St George's Outreach Centre. Tickets, £2 will be on sale today and next Sunday or pay on the day. If you can help with baking, please see Anne Sellers or to help in the day, see Jennifer Nichols. Let other folk know about that, please. And Paisley Guilds Together is meeting here in the large hall on Wednesday the 14th of September. All are welcome to attend that meeting, details of which are on the back of the order of service. But finally, it is with sadness that I intimate the death yesterday morning of one of our members, Effie Russell. Effie was a much-loved mother, grandmother and great-grandmother. So please will you keep her children Ian, Jeanette and Gordon and all of Effie's family in your prayers over the days and weeks to come. And I will share details with you of the arrangements for Effie's funeral once they are known. These are all our intimations. In time of light, in time of darkness, we gather in this place, seeking the solace of faith and to be found by the mercy of the living God. With tears and laughter, with the memories of the long years, on this day we share that which is good and that which brings us comfort and hope. So let's stand, if able, to worship God by singing hymn number 160, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, hymn 160.
let's come to God in prayer. God, our Father, all through our country, we are sad at this time because our Queen is no longer with us. She will be missed by so very many, but we know that you are looking after her. Bless those close to her. May they know they are remembered by us and bless our country at this time of change. May we all work together as one family and be ready to serve others as our Queen served us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Morning, Hayley and Ben. How are you? Good. Wonder what's in here this morning. Do you want to come and see? A jigsaw. A jigsaw. Oh. Do you like jigsaws? Yes. yes. Do you know somebody else that liked to do jigsaws? The Queen? The Queen apparently liked to do jigsaws. But she didn't like to have the picture when she did a jigsaw. She thought it made it too easy. So I've not put the picture in with these bits. That's fine, okay. So would you two like to do this jigsaw? Okay. And big sister's helping wee brother. And while they're doing that, can I remind you all that you've got a little slip in your order of service this morning about an exciting new project and looking for help. So we'll not disturb the children too much, but they seem to be getting on well there. You've got a bit together? Good. Where does that look as if it might go, Ben? Do you think it might go up there? Up there, so we've got a tractor and we've got some chickens. That, is that the top corner that you've got? I think it maybe is. Yeah. A cat. Oh, of course you've got cats and chickens and things at home, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, where does that bit go? No. Nice. What about that? Yeah. That go there? You've got a corner. That's that bottom corner down there, isn't it? There it is. It's not very big, no. It's not a huge big jigsaw. No, it needs to go down a bit. Oh, there's a bottom bit as well, isn't it? Is that the other bit of the ducks? I think Ben's got it. Mm -hmm. Good, well done. It takes time doing a jigsaw. Is it not? Yes, it is. I think it is. Is that right? Oh, that's upside down. How can you have a chicken stand with its feet in the air? Oh, Barry. You've got the pig. Good. Oh, does that match? Does this match up? Let me put that down. I like doing jigsaws too, but I don't like them when they've got too many bits. This is a good sized one, isn't it? No? Yes. Oh, 
Oh, what's wrong? There's a bit missing. Mm, that's not complete. Does it matter? Yeah. Would you like to have a look and see if you can find it? Okay, have a wee look. It's not any further back than the front pew and it's not behind me, I'll tell you that. You're, you're warmer, Haley, than Ben. Getting warmer, getting colder. Getting warmer. <laughs> Found it. Good. What's on it? A sheep. Okay. So now I'm glad you can find that. Now we can complete the jigsaw. And we missed all in Noah's Ark. Yeah, and we were missing the sheep. Sometimes, do you know, we talk about Jesus as being our shepherd. Do you know what a shepherd is? Someone that rounds up and looks after sheep. So Jesus looks after us. We're his sheep. And Jesus loves us and cares for us. And just like that sheep was lost, if we get lost, he will come looking for us because he loves each one of us. Each of us. Every one of us matters just as much as every... We really missed that piece of jigsaw, didn't we? It wasn't right without it. And later this morning, the grown-ups are going to hear of just how much Jesus cares for us and how if he gets lost, he looks hard for us. And, he's, and, he searches, and he searches until he finds us. But do you know something that's really quite interesting? Do you remember a few weeks ago, I had a game with a pirate and swords? You weren't here that day. Well, I got it home and I was playing it with my grandchildren and there was a sword missing. I came in this morning, and that was a few weeks ago. I came in this morning, and the sword was sitting on the table. You know the game. So we're thinking about things that are lost and how they can be found. And Jesus looks for us and he searches for us because he loves us. I'm going to sing of this now in from the wee blue book from St George's Praise number 49. Praise him, praise him, all ye little children.
prophet Isaiah wrote, Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Let us seek the Lord in prayer. <coughs> Almighty Father, we do indeed look to you. You are the Lord who is beyond time and change. Through all the myriad courses of history, you have been the one constant that has enabled our wayward humanity to follow a safe pathway. And as we think of our native land and the twists and spirals of its journey to this hour, we are grateful for your care and your endless benevolence. And bright among the shine of your blessings through so many years has been the presence of our sovereign, Queen Elizabeth. So this time of loss touches deep and with our sadness, uncertainty comes to snap at our heels. But then comes your word, calling us to stand fast in the faith that our Queen knew and which sustained her through all her days. And so we turn to it, knowing well that it will uphold and nourish us through this time. Forgive us if we ever forget ourselves and look to another rock than you or another quarry from which to draw our security. For in you alone is our hope. From you alone is our comfort. Through you alone is our nation made whole and strong. And by you alone is our future made secure. Such prayers now we make through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn now to scripture, firstly to the Old Testament. And our scripture readings this morning will be read for us by Liz Many. Our first reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 4, from verse 11. At that time, his people and Jerusalem will be told, a scorching wind from the barren heights in the desert blows towards my people, but not to winnow or cleanse. The wind is too strong for that which comes from me. Now I pronounce my judgments against them. From verse 22, my people are fools, they do not know me. They are senseless children, they have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil, they know not how to do good. I looked at the earth and it was formless and empty, and at the heavens and their light was gone. I looked at the mountains and they were quaking, and all the hills were swaying. I looked and there were no people. Every bird in the sky had flown away. I looked, and the fruitful land was a desert, 
all its towns lay in ruins before the Lord and his fierce anger. This is what the Lord says. The whole land will be ruined, though I will not destroy it completely. Therefore the earth will mourn and the heavens will above will grow dark. Because I have spoken and will not relent, I have decided and will not turn back. Amen. Today it does seem as if our world, our way of life is under threat. Our use of resources is damaging our world. We think of the flooding in Pakistan and the death, the death of our queen ends a long reign. It perhaps seems as if we are in a dark place. And yet, as we remember Queen Elizabeth, we remember her long life, a life given in service to the peoples of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, but first and foremost, a life given in service to Almighty God. And our Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man, was born to bring light into the world, to change the world. He was born, he lived, he died, and he rose again for us, for each and every one of us. We will sing of this in our next hymn, the hymn 191, Do Not Be Afraid, For I Have Redeemed You, hymn 191.
turn now to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ. And this morning's reading will be interspersed with reflections. So I'd like to invite Liz to come up to read for us. Our reading is taken from Luke 15 and we read from 1 to 10, but as I said, it's paraphrased a little and interspersed with reflections. We are tax collectors. We're not popular. Nobody who works for the Romans is popular. And yes, as tax collectors, we're not always honest. It's easy for us to charge more than what is due and pocket the extra. The religious authorities, the scribes and the Pharisees, they hate us and avoid us as much as they can. The zealots despise us because we work for the Romans. And let's face it, nobody likes having to pay taxes, especially if they think they are being overcharged. But this Jesus, he doesn't seem to hate us. He talks with us, he shares food with us, he listens. And he tells stories, good stories, Stories that we can understand, no long words, no complicated ideas, just stories that are easy to remember and enjoy. Today he told two stories, one about sheep and the other about coins. We're not sure what to do about this Jesus. He's popular with the crowds and he welcomes sinners and tax collectors, those who have broken God's laws. He even chooses to eat with them. Our job, well our job is to make sure that people know God's laws and keep them. This Jesus, he's a storyteller, a superb storyteller, storyteller, and his stories can be taken many ways. Today he began with a story about 100 sheep. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This was a story to make us tax collectors smile. What kind of shepherd would leave 99 sheep alone in the wilderness and go looking for the one that was missing? He'd likely end up finding one sheep and losing the other 99. How we laughed. But in this story, the shepherd leaves his 99 sheep. Maybe he left them with another shepherd who was nearby. Maybe he had a sheepdog. Who knows? But he leaves them to go looking for one sheep that was missing from his flock. He sets out to find it, this sheep that is lost. And when he finds it, he joyfully lifts it onto his shoulders and carries it home. Good story and a good ending. And then Jesus adds a punchline about the joy in heaven when one person turns around 
and comes home to God, being more important than the 99 people who do not need to turn around. Well, we talked about that. Maybe the 99 sheep were the Jewish authorities. They were pretty sure that they kept God's law and they were equally sure that we had broken it. Maybe each of us are like the sheep that had wandered. Maybe Jesus was looking out for us, wanting to bring us home. Shepherds, they're a dull and foolish lot, and this shepherd is a joke. Why go looking for one sheep when there are 99 others to care for? If the sheep had been foolish enough to wander off, better to let it go. If it were brought back, it might wander off again and next time take others with it. But this shepherd, he leaves the 99 on the hillside and goes looking for the lost one. Fortunately for him, he finds it and he carries it home and gets his friends and neighbours together to tell them how happy he is. Sounds like they'd a party. They must have been as mad as he was. And then Jesus, as he often does, adds a punchline that seems to say that this shepherd got it right. And that one wandering sheep coming back to the fold brings more joy in heaven than 99 sheep who never left it. We talked about that. Was Jesus having a go at us? Are we the 99 righteous people in this story? We know we're righteous. We keep God's laws. Why did Jesus welcome those who broke them? And who was he to say what was going on in heaven? And then he told another story. A bit, sorry. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? Then she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, their rejoicing in heaven, the present, there's rejoicing in heaven, the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. A bit like the first story, this one, lost and found. But this time, a woman and coins. Not many stories in our, about women in our Jewish tradition. But this woman could have been any one of us, for we all lose things. Even though she still had nine coins, she kept looking until she found the lost one. And when she found it, she shared her good news with her friends and neighbours. Similar punchline, angels rejoicing when the lost coin was found. His second story was like the first, only about a woman and coins. Probably the coins were part of her dowry. You'd have thought she'd have taken more care of them and more rejoicing when the loss is found. The problem with these stories that Jesus tells is that you can never be really sure what they mean. Sometimes as he tells them, you get the feeling that it's you that he's talking about. I wonder what the tax collectors and those other lawbreakers that he shares his meals with are making of these stories. I wouldn't want them to get the wrong end of the stick. 
I wonder what the scribes and Pharisees are making of these stories. They don't look very happy. I wonder. We continue in our worship by singing from St George's Praise number 70. I will sing the wondrous story. St George's Praise number 70.
As I said earlier, the Old Testament reading talks of a world which seems lost and damaged. And this so rings true today. For we live in a world that is challenged. Challenged by climate change, floods and drought. Challenged by rising inflation and fuel costs. A country that after weeks, maybe months of uncertainty, has a new Prime Minister. And then, just two days later, comes the news of the death of the Queen. It seems maybe that the world is rocking on its axis and that perhaps we don't know which way to turn. So we turn to the Gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ. And today we've heard, read the two stories of searching for lost belongings. For many of us, the second story, the story of the lost coin, will ring true. Many of us will have lost something precious and turned the house upside down to find it. I know on one occasion, no, sorry, two occasions, I lost a bracelet that I wear often. The first time I walked up and down the road, up and down the road, and went into the tourist office where, near where we were staying, where they took the lost property and I was telling the lady what I'd lost and as I'm telling her I thought she was echoing back the words I was saying but no she was reading the words in the book where someone had handed in my bracelet. <coughs> so for many of us this story will ring true. We've lost something precious, we've turned the house upside down to find it. We've emptied the hoover bag, we've raked through the midden, and we've found the lost item, so if we're lucky. Often a precious piece of jewellery. A piece of jewellery whose worth is far more than its monetary value. I'm not going to ask, but I'm sure that most of us have done this. And we will remember the great joy when the lost items were found. So we get, if you like, the story about the lost coin. That sits quite well with us. We understand it. Although maybe a banker might think differently. He might respond to the second parable with the thought that the nine coins need to be banked and kept safe, that the missing one will turn up, or it won't, and the interest on the other nine should mitigate its loss. But then you go back to the first parable, the lost sheep. Maybe we don't get it so much. I think we can understand the response that looking for this one <coughs> missing sheep doesn't make sense. Look after the other 99, surely. Write that one off. That sheep chose to wander away, perhaps tempted to go just a little bit further to seek fresh green grass. The sheep nibbles its way to lostness, one bite at a time, one step at a time, concentrating so hard on what's right in front of its nose that it loses sight of the fact that it's wandering ever further away from its flock and its shepherd. Think of yourself as the sheep, the lost sheep. How might we stray from the flock to turn and look for another rock other than Jesus Christ or to look for another source from which to draw our strength and our security? 
what might tempt us to take that first step. I was never lost, simply let loose on unfamiliar paths, believing they would bring me home. I was never lost, merely chose to break away from a safe place, believing I was strong enough. I was never lost, not even when the darkness fell and the road was engulfed by my unbelief. How easy it is to stray, to get lost, to lose one's path, to choose the wrong path, to be the lost sheep. I was never lost, just lifted from my fear and carried not back but forward to a place I can call home on the shoulders of God. For God's way is not to ignore the lost, the lonely, the outcast, the sinner. God seeks out the lost, the lonely, the outcast, the sinner. And in this parable, Jesus' point is that his eating with sinners is an example of God's unreasonable and extravagant grace. It may not make sense from some human perspectives to seek the one, but God's love for all, for each and every one, means that the missing need to be found. They need to be found and brought back into the fold. God's message is simple. Everyone, every single one is important. Just like the missing piece of the jigsaw that the children searched for and found. If we go missing, God will search for us and find us. We can choose to turn our back on him. If we've got any sense, we won't. We will step into his arms and be welcomed home. For God knows and offers his love to each and every one of us. He seeks us out and there is rejoicing in heaven over the one because God knows and values and loves every single one of us and every single one of the people in this world. God loves us. Amen to that. We sing of God's love in our next hymn, hymn number 555, Amazing Grace.
all know, the Queen was renowned for her service. At the age of 21, she dedicated herself to serving this country and Commonwealth. But she did all of this through a strong faith and commitment to serving God. The choir's anthem this morning is hymn 694. Brother, sister, let me serve you. And perhaps we might like to join in singing the last verse of this just remaining seated as a way of dedicating ourselves to serving God by serving others. So we dedicate ourselves anew and as the anthem is sung, our offerings will be brought forward. <coughs> given in the plate and direct to the church, offerings given for the Disasters Emergency Committee Appeal for Pakistan. We pray. Merciful God, everything we have is yours. We are grateful for it. And we now offer to you our gifts of money as a sign and symbol of all that we offer. Take and use our gifts for the building of your kingdom here and now. Take and use our gifts 
to support in a practical way the people of Pakistan, for your love is for all people everywhere. Your love shown so generously in the life, death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. And now we bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving and our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. For Queen Elizabeth and her exceptional reign, her deep affection for her people, her lifelong desire to serve the common good, her humility and grace, her hard work and dedication. We thank you, living Lord. Be with King Charles, his Queen Consort, and all members of the royal family as they mourn the loss of a mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother, as well as a friend and monarch. In the royal palaces, crown them with your loving kindness. Be with our national leaders, the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, and our new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, at this time of uncertainty and change. In the corridors of power, crown them with your heavenly wisdom. Be with her people in nation and commonwealth as they mourn a monarch and peacemaker and rejoice in the cultural diversity celebrated under her reign. In the four corners of her realm, crown us with peace and goodwill. Be with the folks throughout the world and here in this place. Folks who are struggling to make peace. Folks who are longing for healing. And all who are grieving the loss of someone they love. In pain and grief, crown the nations of the earth with the light of your love. In silence, we remember with thanksgiving the life of Elizabeth, your servant and our queen, that she may rest from her labours and rejoice in the one whom she worshipped as King of kings and Lord of lords. Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, was crowned not with gold but with thorns, and whose blood was shed to give life to the world, crown us with your love, that we may serve one another with humility and joy, and your kingdom come with peace on earth through the same Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, now and forevermore. Amen. After the benediction, we will remain standing to sing the national anthem. But we close this morning's service of worship 
by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 462, The King of Love My Shepherd Is, hymn 462. life everlasting and the blessing of almighty god the father the son and the holy spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore Amen. 